bringing the light of Jesus Christ to a world darkened with sin. This is the Lighthouse Radio Bible Study, an outreach ministry of the Progressive Primitive Baptist. Our purpose at the Lighthouse is to present you the truth of God's Word and its relevancy for your daily living. We want to help equip you to light your world with the truth of Jesus Christ. That Jesus is both Lord and Savior. Hello, my name is Scott Reiner, and I invite you to join us now as we study God's Word together. Welcome, and thank you for joining us today at the Lighthouse. I'm your host and radio Bible teacher, Scott Reiner. Today is a very special day for most people in our listening areas, and that's because today is Mother's Day, a day which has been set aside as a wonderful and unique opportunity for us to remember and pay tribute for motherhood in general and for our own mothers in particular. However, as Christians, our recognition and appreciation for the role of motherhood that God has ordained should continually be a source of great praise and thanksgiving, and mothers should also continually receive our love, support, and understanding for all their dedicated and hard work, not for just once a year. Because motherhood, as great a blessing as it is, is also a very great challenge, especially when you consider the type of society in which we are living in today. Many people, including large numbers of women, despise the whole concept of motherhood, or at least in a biblical sense, often because they perceive it to portray mothers as inferior or as somehow doomed to be less than she could be otherwise. But this whole approach is a serious departure and misrepresentation of what the Bible actually teaches. The Word of God places a great value on the role of motherhood, and godly mothers are consistently lifted up as great role models and examples for all believers. You see, God considers motherhood to be a necessary and vital component of His purpose for the home. So instead of the biblical perspective devaluing a woman, it actually attaches great value and blessing to her. So in our study today, based on Proverbs chapter 31, verses 28 and 29, we want to focus on the blessing of motherhood, and in the process, encourage husbands and fathers, as well as children, to take the opportunity to learn how to bless their mother or the mother of their children, and therefore make their motherhood a wonderful experience. But before we do that, I want to read a poem that I came across years ago. It says, For all the things you've been to me, my guardian and my guide, for truths you have so gently taught, and all the tears you've dried. For faith and understanding, when I faltered on my way, I owe you more thanks, mother, than words can ever say. So on this day that's set aside especially for you, I send a wish for happiness in everything you do. May each hour bring you pleasure, every day of every year, for all the things you've been to me, I love you, Mother dear. 
We live in a time where the biblical roles of women are not only consistently rejected by large segments of our society, but are also viciously attacked as being one of the major contributors to the devaluing of a woman's individual personhood. One of the major assaults against the biblical position of what we might call unique gender roles comes from the radical feminist who insists that apart from certain obvious biological distinctions, there are no differences whatsoever between men and women. In fact, to insist upon differences is somehow equivalent in saying that one is superior over the other. Well, the truth of the matter is that regardless of what some people may think, the Word of God never uses that kind of language in describing the relationship that exists between men and women. In fact, in speaking of our position before God, Paul, by inspiration, writes in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 28, that there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now what Paul is saying here is that external or outward distinctions give us no advantage whatsoever in salvation before God. But some have misused this verse to teach that these distinctions are no longer in effect. But Paul does not negate these distinctions. For example, there are Jewish Christians as well as Gentile Christians. There are Christians who are slaves and Christians who are free. There are male Christians and there are female Christians. The point that Paul has made is that in Christ we're all one. These distinctions have nothing to do whatsoever with our salvation before God. But, however, these distinctions still remain, and the created order and purpose of God still remains. And much of this is emphasized in the biblical gender roles that God has revealed in His Word. But the sad thing is that not only do the unbelieving world reject these distinctions and roles, but many professed Christian men and women are now openly rejecting these distinctions and roles as well. And this has led to significant confusion over the nature, design, and definition of marriage, as well as having and raising children. So what is needed is a restoration, a restoring of a clear understanding of these distinctive roles from a biblical perspective. We also need submission and obedience in functioning in these roles, as well as a celebration of the blessings associated with these distinctions and roles that God has ordained. Now, it is here that I want to begin to emphasize specifically the blessings associated with motherhood. From God's perspective, motherhood is a tremendously blessed thing. So don't ever allow anyone, especially other women, to make you feel inferior or less than a total woman, somehow cheated or unsuccessful, because you are attempting to fulfill your God-ordained role. The bottom line is that motherhood is not for sissies. It is indeed a blessed thing, but the reality is that it is also very hard, very difficult and demanding. Now, to get an idea of what we're talking about, I want you to read with me from the book of Proverbs, chapter 31, verses 10 through 31. 
In verse 10, the writer begins by saying, Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. She considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor, yet she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them, and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household, and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. In verses 28 and 29, we come to a point where the author of this proverb provides a capstone that is used to restore or to replenish the woman who exhibits these various characteristics. These are words of restoration, and they are found in the giving of what is called the blessing. For example, in verse 28, it teaches us that her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also and he praises her. And then in verse 29, we have the actual blessing of her husband. He says, many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Now, there are two things that I want to note here. First of all, this is a proverb. That is, it is what we call a truism. It is not an absolute. You have heard the old saying, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. This is a basic truth. But it's not an absolute. The point is, is that if you eat healthy, more than likely, you won't have to have many doctor visits. But this is not an absolute. Because sometimes, regardless of how healthy you eat, you are still going to have medical problems. So this is a general truth. Because the reality is that some very hard-working and dedicated mothers may not be realizing or receiving this blessing that is outlined for us in this passage. But we do pray that following this message that perhaps your husband or children may recognize that they are not blessing you according to this pattern and therefore feel their responsibility and their love and obligation to give this blessing to you.
The second thing that we want to note is the nature of this blessing. From a biblical perspective, the blessing includes elements of a sense of acceptance. It was an affirmation of affection, of belonging, of receiving personal attention, of importance. It was a recognition that you matter and that what you do or will do is vital. Gary Smalley and John Trent, many years ago, did a study on the blessing, and they found that there were five basic elements presented from a biblical concept that consist in this whole idea of blessing. Now, this does not mean that all five are always present at any given situation. Many are, but some are not. These five basic principles are, first of all, a meaningful touch. Secondly, a spoken message. Third, attaching a high value to the one being blessed. Fourth, picturing a special future for the one being blessed. And then finally, an active commitment to fulfill the blessing. Now, of these five, there are three that are applicable to the blessing found in verses 28 and 29. And we're going to note these in just a moment. But I want you to observe that the author of this proverb indicates that the virtuous woman is blessed by her family. The implications here go back to the first part of this chapter. And I like how Lane Jordan describes this when she says, and I quote, Because of the love, time, and commitment the Proverbs woman has put into the running of her household, she now receives the fruit of her labors, her family's love, admiration, and praise. When a husband tells his wife she is the best, then all her sacrifices have been worth it. Now, these verses do not portray a wife or a mother that is viewed as a slave, a second-class citizen in her own home, or someone that a family abuses and takes advantage of. But because of the way she has executed her life and duties, and again, go back and reread this chapter, she is recognized for her efforts, for her hard work. In other words, this is not empty flattery. It is a godly recognition and appreciation of all that she has done. Her children rise up and call her blessed. First of all, her children rise up. More than likely, this was a sign of respect or honor. Sometimes we see this at state dinners, where people rise at the presence of a very important guest. They do this to show honor and respect. So her children rise up, and they also call her blessed. Now this has several different connotations, such as that which is honest, that which prospers, that which guides or leads. So there are numerous elements that come together in this whole idea of recognizing her as being blessed. Now, the scriptures also teaches us that her husband as well rises up and blesses her, as well as praises her. Now, the term praises literally means to shine or to make a show, to make a boast or to celebrate. In verse 29, we have the words of his blessing. He says to her, many daughters have done well, but you 
excel them all. Now I want you to notice how this verse relates to three elements of the blessing that we have listed earlier. First of all, it connects us to the idea of a spoken message. These are the words of a husband spoken to his wife. These are words of affirmation, of acceptance, of affection, of appreciation, of recognition, of attention, and most importantly, words of importance. A number of mothers fail to hear this kind of affirmation, this kind of appreciation from her husband and from her children. And men and children, our silence here is absolutely deafening. It reveals that either we simply do not care, or we are not thinking, or possibly both. And it portrays to her that we are taking advantage of her as our wife or the mother of our children, that we truly do not appreciate her role, her distinction that God has given to her. Wives and mothers are not given to be our personal maid, and our silence communicates a sense of frustration and confusion. What we do not say is often interpreted in external ways. So husbands and fathers, be vocal. Make sure that you take the lead or the initiative in teaching your children from a very young age to recognize and to affirm the value of the wife and the mother, of her love and her hard work. These are spoken words which indicate that she is worthy of our attention and that she is worthy of our affection. And this helps to ensure her value and the acceptance of her work in our life. Secondly, there is the attaching of a high value to the one being blessed. To value something means to attach honor to it. We value some things today in our society that biblically have no honor. And then there are times there are things which we should honor that we sometimes think is not valuable. Now the idea of honor is part of the meaning of the Hebrew verb to bless. And literally it means to bow the knee. It is used in showing reverence to someone that we consider to be very important. What this means is that our words should reflect the value that the wife or the mother has in our life. Notice the words of the husband again. Many daughters have done well, but you, you excel them all. In other words, it's like the husband saying to his wife, you are better than the best. Now thirdly, we have an active commitment to fulfill the blessing. Doctors Smalley and Trent indicate here that there is a responsibility that goes with giving the blessing. In other words, he is talking to us. He is talking to us as fathers and husbands, as well as to our children, and as we try to educate our children. Now, this commitment, this responsibility, relates to the confirmation of the blessing that we give. Now, the reason this act of commitment is so important in giving the blessing is that, quote, words alone cannot communicate the blessing. It needs to be backed up with a commitment to do everything possible 
to help the one being blessed to be a success. To a large degree, the success as well as the godliness of our wives and mothers will depend upon our active commitment in fulfilling this blessing. For example, we cannot rightly say, Honey, you are the greatest wife and mother around, and then leave food all over the floor or clothes all over the house when we never clean up after ourselves or never help her when she needs the help. And then expect our wives and mothers to take our words seriously. This kind of behavior undermines what we have said. What we have said, we are committed to. Husbands and children, we have a great responsibility for our wives and mothers to be the best. Now, this does not take away from their own personal responsibility, but rather here we're emphasizing our contribution, and we have a great deal to contribute to the wives and mothers' success and to their godliness as they attempt to live in light of their God-ordained roles as wives and mothers. So our commitment must match our words. We need to do everything possible to make sure that she fulfills these responsibilities to the best of her ability. We don't want to create a very difficult atmosphere for her to try to function in. We want to make things as easy as possible for her to be the best that she can possibly be. So husbands and kids, bless your wife and your mother. Be committed to the blessing that you give to her. Bless her with meaningful touch. Give her a hug, a kiss. Hold her hand. Bless her with a spoken message. Tell her how much you love her, how much she means to you. Let her know that you are truly thankful and that you appreciate everything that she does for you. Make sure that she feels like she is the best. Bless her by affirming her value. Let her know how important she is to you, that your life would not be the same without her. Bless her by picturing a special future for her. Tell her that you're glad you married her and that you are looking forward in growing old together with her. Tell her that you want to be the kind of mother that she has been to you whenever you have children. That you're looking forward to having grandchildren so that she can be a wonderful grandmother to them as she was a good mother to you. Bless her by being committed to her excellence. Again, make sure that you try to do everything possible within your power to make it easy for her to be the kind of mother that God has designed her to be. So children, rise up. Bless your mother. Tell her that you love her. Husbands, you rise up and you praise her. Give her words of affirmation, words of recognition, words that will encourage her in the hard work that she has done. And that will continue to motivate her so that she will continue to work even harder so that she can fulfill the blessing that you have provided for her. You know, we live in a time when many people do not consider mothers or wives as a very worthwhile occupation. 
But I want to tell you something from a biblical perspective. There is no substitute. We need godly Christian mothers. We need wives and mothers who will stand in and fill in the gap for their husbands and for their families so that she can provide that atmosphere, that sanctuary, a place of rest and peace so that the husband can function as he is designed to function and so that the children will have a wonderful place to grow up in the fear and in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You know, motherhood is difficult and challenging enough without the stupidity of some men. Many mothers are expanding their responsibilities beyond their own God-given sphere to take on responsibilities that God has given to men and to fathers. And this is not necessarily due to the absence of fathers because of death or abandonment. But those men, those fathers, who refuse to utilize their own God-given responsibilities. And so often the success of a mother is judged today in light of the challenge presented by her own husband. That is, due to his own laziness or sorriness. Because he is not providing that atmosphere so that his wife and family can function in their roles. But she should be judged in connection with a godly man, a godly husband and father who provides love and support. The family is being attacked on all sides by Satan, by government, by feminists, by other groups or religions. And so it's a very difficult time for the family. And what we need is godly families in this nation of ours. We need godly families throughout this world who will stand up and be counted that they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and that they want to pattern their lives and their roles based upon the unchanging truth of Scripture. And this is very hard, but yet it is doable because of the grace of Jesus Christ. And so it is our prayer that men will rise to the occasion as well as women in their wonderful roles as mothers. It is my prayer that each and every mother who is listening, that your husband and children will recognize your value that you truly have in their lives. And we pray that you will have a wonderful Mother's Day. So until next week, may the Lord bless you, is my prayer. You have been listening to the Lighthouse Radio Bible Study, an evangelistic ministry of the Primitive Baptist Churches of the Southeastern United States. We encourage you to attend one of these churches whenever possible. This radio ministry and its supporters are committed to the authority, the inerrancy, and the divine inspiration of God's Holy Word, to the Saviorhood of Jesus Christ, as well as to His Lordship, and that salvation is by God's grace alone. We hope this program has had a positive spiritual influence in your life. If it has, please write us and let us know. We encourage you to be with us next week at this same time. To find out more information about The Lighthouse, you can visit us at our website at www.lighthousebiblestudy.org That's all one word, and in all lowercase letters. Once again, that's www.lighthousebiblestudy.org. 
please take a moment and visit us at our website. This program exists because evangelistically minded people like you contribute to it. If you would like to help us bring the light of Jesus Christ to a sin-darkened world, then write us at The Lighthouse, P.O. Box 1317, Baxley, Georgia, 31515. Once again, that's The Lighthouse, P.O. Box 1317, Baxley, Georgia, 31515. We would love to hear from you. Until next week, this is Scott Reiner encouraging you to light your world.